Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They rubbish. There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. everybody happy monday to you july 17 2023 it's a new week of kentucky roll call here on big x sports radio 96.1 on the am dial i'm tj walker joined as always with nick roush and justin kalen the best producer in all of radio hope everybody had a great weekend we've got a lot to get to on today's show a lot to talk about, and we want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line. Thornton's is the best place to start your day, best place to start your week. Text on in 502-414-1450. Nick Roush, how are you doing on this gloomy Monday morning? I'm uh, doing well, excited. Um, got a, a big week ahead, uh, heading down to Nashville here in a little bit for SEC Media Day, so... Uh, got that sandwich in between basketball action, and um, it, w- it was a nice little treat, though, as I was kind of putting the finishing touches up on a couple UK basketball posts last night and, and football. Um, I just flipped it over to Sunday Night Baseball, and I saw three home runs in the ninth inning of the Astros versus the Angels, and, including a bomb from Otani. They got the game within one, and I thought the Angels had the they had two on, and a dude roped one into right center field, and uh, Kyle Tucker, not not the Kyle Tucker we know, the other Kyle Tucker, the Kyle Tucker that had hit a home run in the ninth to give the Astros the lead, made a diving grab with two outs that saved the game. So it was it was it was that was a fun little treat, getting a little like getting the goods, the good stuff from baseball sprinkled in. Uh, with some other exciting sports action. Uh, who said that this was the slow time of year for sports? We got plenty to talk about today on Kentucky Roll Call. Great point. Yeah. So last week, exciting, obviously, with the UK Basketball Global Jam, which we're going to spend the majority of today's show talking about. But it keeps rocking and rolling this week. You get media days, Women World Cup starts this week, and then the basketball tournament, which is a good time. Not so much UK affiliation. Regarding that, UofL does have a team, which I think is going to be an interesting team. We can maybe talk more 
basketball tournament. That that's more sports content. So it may be yeah. summer radio, but we we do have plenty to get to. Scoots, how are you? How how was your weekend? I'm good. Uh, it was another one that wasn't long enough. I had to work till six on Friday, of course, producing Rutherford show. So I kind of feel like my Friday night was robbed. I of course, went to bed about 10 o'clock, so Saturday was really the only day I had for me this weekend, which I was able to skirt around the rain and get out and golf at Wooded View. I teed it up for some fun, and uh, it was fun. So other than that, I really didn't do much this weekend. I, I worked yesterday, so pretty boring weekend overall for me, so, so excited to get back into the swing of things in terms of a, an actual work week, a normal work week where I'm not putting in so many hours here at the radio station. So overall, I'm pretty good. How about you, TJ? How are you? How was your weekend? How was the professional staff at Wood of You? They were pretty professional. Yeah, I actually called. So I actually, I booked at a different course, uh, one that's a little closer to my house. They let me book online, show up to this course. Their freaking gates are closed. I can't get in. I'm driving by and I'm like, man, their parking lot's awfully empty. This is a good sign. No, gates are closed. Couldn't couldn't even get in. So me and Gil look at each other like, well, why the hell would they even let us book? So I called Wooded View from, right from their drive of the other golf course. And I was like, hey, can you get us in at like 4 o'clock? Yeah, just come on out. We're wide open. So we went out to Wooded View and then and hit them around. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Had a good time. Shot a 92 despite being it. It being stupid wet out there, we got a lot more rain, I guess, than I thought we did on Saturday. Probably shouldn't have been playing golf, but glad I got out. Yeah, that is pretty wild to be able to take tee times and then just not be open. Right? It's an interesting business strategy. I was, I was so mad. There's a reason that course is not on the golf cart. Yeah. yeah you shouldn't <laughs> go back either. Probably won't. Good stuff. Well, <laughs> good to hear. I didn't get any golf this weekend, but I did play some top golf on Friday. That was fun. It is, it is a, a a pricey outing. Oh yeah, to go to top. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess maybe if you like didn't have any, be- like even just the gameplay is kind of expensive. Um, but it, it was fun. Yeah. I also would say that it can get hot at top golf. They have those fans. It's kind of a climate controlled. It's much more climate controlled in the winter than it is in the summer. Uh, we were still very toasty, but uh, but that was nice. That yeah, that that was pretty much all I did on Friday. Saturday we had a had a barbecue, and then sister's birthday yesterday, uh, which is fun. Went over to the parents' house and made for a nice weekend. It was a good time. So went by too quickly. Back at it. it mixed in with all that was UK basketball. Uh, watch that Saturday uninterrupted last night, obviously. Uh, and since then, that's that's where we left you all. We got to talk about Wednesday and Thursday's wins last week, recap all that on Friday, preview the final two games to end the show on Friday, and bada boom, bada bing, here we are. And your University of Kentucky, United States of America, Americats are your global jam champions of the world. They did it, Roush. They did it. The champions of basketball, uh, many people are saying this is the world's best basketball team ever. And I, you can't dispute it because they were undefeated, clean slate in Canada. Um, this isn't the first time they've held this event. There were some other teams that tried to represent the United States of America, and they failed. They failed epically. Baylor failed. Kansas failed. 
University of Kentucky, not failures, winners, champions, 4-0. Um, and it was it was wonderful. It was fun to watch. And the thing, too, uh, that I, I really appreciated is that even when games seemingly got out of hand, the teams they played, they had, they had some pride to them. They never were fully out. The African team on Saturday um, was down by, I think, as much as 16 in the first half. Cut it to four in the third quarter before extending Kentucky extended that lead and it went in by double digits. And kind of similar last night, Team Canada cut it to four on the opening possession of the third quarter uh, before Kentucky turned it on, had a big 14-1 to run to close out the third quarter and was able to run away with the win. And if you want to talk about, like, there's a lot of big-picture takeaways um, we can take from this event. Uh, but one of them, this team can score a lot of points really fast, and you don't even notice it. I mean, yesterday it was in the form of a Dillingham and one three, and then another one at the buzzer, but also just scoring in transition. I mean, that 14-1 to run happened in three minutes. Like it's just like, whoa, what? I, I don't know about you, TJ, but in more casual settings like this, where it's the global jam and it's not, you know, an SEC game or whatever it might be, you got kids around or something's happening. And so you're not like possession by possession. You know, I'm on my computer during the game. There was a lot of times where it was look up and this game went from a four or three point game or six point game to an almost 20 point game, just like that. This, 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 this team can ball, they can move the ball well, and they can score points, a lot of them, in a hurry. It's going to be a fun group. I, I hate that they just gave us the appetizer, the calamari, the calipari of summer basketball, and now we don't get the main dish until October where we can kind of start getting back in the swing of things, and then November, really, until they bring it out. You hear the little sizzle on the trays as it comes to your table, and you get really, really excited about it. Uh, it was a little bit of a tease, a little bit of a tease there, because you're exactly right, Roush. There's a lot to like about this team. Their scoring ability is impressive, and it's July basketball. We're going to try to keep, while being excited, and it, like it is totally all right to be excited about that. Uh, UK basketball has been a bit underwhelming for our standards. Part of the reason the standards are as high as they are, at least in this time frame, is because Calipari helped set them as high as they are. But UK always has the expectations to be competitive for national championships more seasons than not. This group should be competitive for a national championship. Is it your odds-on favorite? Vegas says no. I think Vegas says it's the fourth favorite, so it's still it's still certainly in the ballpark. But it's, it's a team that I think when the season rolls around, we should be thinking big picture that this group can get to Phoenix for the Final Four in April. And I I didn't see anything this past week to make me think that they couldn't. Uh, if anything, it made me show that exactly what you said, Roush, their ability to score, having so many versatile weapons across the board, it's going to make me feel better uh, about those chances. Get excited about it. We, we may joke and make some 40-0 jokes. We aren't joking about the 4-0 jokes. They did go 4-0. Print the shirts. 4-0 at the Global Jam Classic. But we're going to make some 40-0. We're going to reference it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think this team's going to lose a couple games. I think they're going to lose probably a few games on the road, I would imagine, just off shooting nights. Maybe the guards 
get sped up a little bit too much or turn it over because they, they can do some of those things. They're high risk, high reward guards, at least what we yeah. saw uh, in Canada, which that's fine. You, you probably should be. That's the time to kind of take your chances. If you want to bring it all in in a more important road game, then you, you can do that. But Roush, I'm going to want this team to play fast. I'm going to want them to be aggressive, yeah. and you're well, going to just have to live with some of the mistakes because I think their overall basketball IQ was really, really impressive from what I saw. So I think you have good decision makers, but to play aggressive, you got to take some chances. So they're going to make some mistakes, but I think ultimately I trust really all those ball handlers. Rob Dillingham, he, he has it, in my opinion. He's got that extra little thing in his brain that the, some of the great passers in UK history seem to have where you're almost seeing the play. Uh, you got that so Raven vision where you're seeing the play a few a few steps ahead. Rajon Rondo had it. Obviously, Tyler Eulis had it. John Wall had it. You can make a case that uh, that even Darren Fox, he was a pretty good passer. He knew where his teammates were at any given time. I think Rob Dillingham has that. And that's not to say that maybe – DJ Wagner and Reed Shepard don't also. They're, they were good passers as well. But it's a good group that makes good decisions. They're going to take their chances. They're going to make some mistakes. But overall, I'm happy to roll with this team. I think they're going to be just as good as anybody. I think I said on Friday, if there's 10 teams better than this team, I'd be pretty surprised. Uh, really, I probably would bring that a little closer to maybe five teams. But we do need to see how this UK group plays with an actual five which you didn't have Aaron Bradshaw or you got a Kingsley, as you all know, for this global jam, still dominated everybody, even without Trey Mitchell was your five, and he's six foot nine. So playing without a five, and you still did all that. I still do want to see how it fits when you do get a five mixed in. It should be fine. Should be good. Should just make you maybe a little bit better defensively, which we're going to talk about the defense. I think there's some slight areas for concern, kind of. We'll get into that conversation as the show goes on. But I'm not sure if either one of you two saw it, but John Calipari, injuries, everybody buckle up. He did say Uganda's going to be out longer than they had anticipated, that it's a little bit more severe wheeler than they thought. Yep, and um, the way that you mentioned earlier, like when discussing the guards, part of the reason they're going to have to play fast and get up and down is just because if you get bogged down in a half-court game, the, the bigs aren't built for that. Um, even when they do get back, Bradshaw and Uganda, they're not built for those big bruisers inside that are like, they're not built to go up against Oscar Sheepway, right? Like you, you, they're kind of the antithesis of what Kentucky's experienced in the past. And now we don't like, I, I think that's one thing, TJ, that, uh, I mean, you kind of mentioned off the jump when we first heard about the Uganda injury news, um, last night Cal Perry said it was worse than they expected, which means like him and Bradshaw are both probably coming around, back around the same time in October, which not ideal, but I would think that there's still probably enough time for each of them to get back. But the I guess the silver lining from all of this was you learned how you could play without both of them. And against that Africa team, we saw the, the very glaring uh, problem with that is if Trey Mitchell gets in foul trouble and you're going up against guys who just, I mean, they just had a bunch of aggressive bigs. Um, Emmanuel Corafor, Louisville's guy, he's just a big, strong dude who was going right at Mitchell, who had like played with four fouls for a lot of the second half. Uh, UK had to go zone, which hurt their rebounding, uh, which, brief aside, hilarious how quickly they took the bait, on uh, the Louisville folks did on Emmanuel Corafor. 
especially CL Brown. Like, I get it, dude. You got to write something, and that's easy, low-hanging fruit. But maybe you should mention in your article that UK's two centers were injured and their other big guy was in foul trouble for most of the game. Wait, I thought his name was Okafor. Okafor. Uh, no, that's just what the announcers call Oh, him. so he was an idiot. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What a not, joke. Not, yeah. What a freaking joke. I can't believe nobody told him at any point during that broadcast, hey, you're saying this name wrong. Because he kept saying it over and over. It was driving me nuts. They 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 struggled with, with names, but who are we to who are we to judge? We we struggle with names as well. Roush, there's a lot more like U of L fans that were brace yourself for the UK incoming tweets, blah, 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 blah. Uh, there's more of that than I actually saw of of UK tweets regarding Okor for uh, good good for him. I wasn't overly if that's a guy that I think's getting a lot of minutes for Uval, I don't think it's going to be a much better season than it was the year before. I don't expect it either. <laughs> I don't think Louisville fans expect it. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that being uh, said, it, he, he seems to he seemed to play hard. Seem to yeah. you know like good 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 for good for him. UK could have won that game by twenty, but you know credit to the to the basketball African League team select team for keeping it competitive on Saturday. Yeah, they did keep it competitive, but I mean they had a Louisville player on it, so it couldn't be competitive for too long. Um, I, I I liked too TJ that throughout this. Event. I mean, aside from the consistency of Antonio Reeves, who had his worst shooting game in game four, uh, which was only 18 points instead of 20. It was the only game he didn't go for 20 plus. Was it 27 on Saturday? Um, but either way, I felt like we got, we had a, a pretty great game from everybody. Like you had your Reed Shepard game on Thursday. We had our Justin Edwards game on Sunday. He had 21 points in the first 23 minutes of that game. Really, really put the team on his back there. Uh, I, I, I just felt like I got a lot. DJ Wagner played really well uh, on Saturday. I think it was too. So like, it, it was nice that we we cut a wide swath, Mister Sports Talker, where it wasn't just one guy carrying the way the whole time. And in fact, on Sunday, I felt like the the team. You know, they showed a little bit of fatigue, and Edwards really delivered there in the, the first half for the Cats. Yeah, it was a fun group, and, and part of it is summer basketball, Cal. The, you don't need to get handcuffed or fall in love with a rotation or a lineup, although I, I do think you could kind of tell which lineups he liked better than others. But you wanted to try a bunch of different things. This is the time to do that, and especially try different things when all of it was kind of working, at least in the context of winning and losing. He, you couldn't really do a ton of wrong in terms of getting yourself in a deficit. The UK trailed very little this entire trip. And did they trail at all in the second half in any of the games? Maybe Germany for like a split second, potentially. Maybe. But, yeah. but for the most part, this was a, 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 just a total and complete domination. So he, he was allowed to try a lot of different things. And it made for some weird moments. Like, when Reeves scored his first bucket yesterday, there was a brief moment that I had just forgotten Antonio Reeves existed as a human. Um, <laughs> like, as a like as a physical – like, I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, this team's got Antonio Reeves. How could I possibly forget that? 
because he was probably UK's best player over four games. Averaged 23 points. 23 points over the course of, of this tournament. And what was it, 56% from three or something ridiculous? Yeah, I was going into the last game, and then he, let's see what he finished with last night. It, yeah, it, he was 50% last night. So, yeah, he was over 50% shooting three in this four-game tournament. That, that is a three-point line, ladies and gentlemen, longer than the college three-point line. Not quite as long as the NBA, but it's longer than college. And you're playing with a funky ball, which, by the way, Cal made a comment after the game. He was like, yeah, in, in college, we play with this composite ball. You could almost hear the disgust in his voice. He's like, we need to get an NBA ball or this FIBA ball, which is actually – both those are actually made out of real leather. Uh, if we want Antonio Reeves to shoot this well, he needs to keep playing with these balls. There, he, didn't, he didn't know what it was about those balls that made him play so well. So good for Antonio Reeves. Uh, I, I like the I like the basketball shot there by John Calipari. But, yeah, he, he was just so steady, made more threes, it seemed, than he missed, and was the experience piece that we all thought – that he would be, but that's what I did several different times, Roush, where it'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, okay, here's like, now it's DJ's turn to put on a little bit of a show for you, or, okay, it had been five minutes since Trey Mitchell hit a 19-footer or a 22-footer. Oh, there he is. Okay, good. Like, everybody seemed to kind of have their turns of impressing and then sometimes making you drop your jaw, they'd be so good. Justin Edwards would go stretches where it was like, okay, he's kind of struggling a little bit. And then you'd look down and be like, oh, he just, while he was struggling, he had 12 points. Oh, weird. That's, that's wild. So a lot of players that do it in a bunch of different ways, and it's a deep team. I, I, you got plenty of time to kind of figure out how this rotation's all going to look, but you could make a case for a lot of different guys getting minutes, and after this global jam, I don't think we're, the dust has really settled there. Nope, nope, not at all. Um, I. But like I, I do think that in addition to the good we saw from each player at various points, you also saw some of the bad. You know, the the Canadians really got in Reed Shepard's britches yesterday, kind of bothered him a little bit. That was the first time I saw him bothered. Um, but even like like they played through that. And I, I I that's that's just so valuable. I mean, Edwards, his struggles in game one, just finishing around the rim, like you saw players fight through adversity. Uh, and have some success. Uh, I, I'm very. I, I had a very low expectation bar for this event, TJ, but they they exceeded it. There, there's there's no doubt in my mind they exceeded that during this four games. Um, and I knew I was going to be pumped up once I saw some of these guys in action. Even more so now. Even more so now. Like the. The ceiling is the roof for these cats in 2023-2024. Well said, Michael Jordan. Yeah, it, it was fun. Uh, this is exactly what UK basketball needed. And uh, Again, we, we want to see a UK team win in March. We want to see a UK team make a deep run. Those are all no-doy statements. But it was nice to, after a pretty turbulent offseason, it's nice to finally just be able to exhale and say, all right, we got a group that I think we can all get behind, that we all can can cheer for, get excited about some of the stupid controversies in, in the basketball program, among the fan base, inner fighting, debating, doing that stuff. 
should seize, I would think, or, or at least get much quieter than it had been. This seems like a fun group. Seems like a likable group. Cal seems happy. He seems re reinvigorated. He seems juiced up about this team. It means we should all probably get a little juiced up about this team. So that's good. It, it, we can have a lot of takes. We're going to have more of them regarding the Global Jam, different players. But at a minimum, I, I don't know any UK fans, even some of my most pessimistic UK friends that I know, they're, they were excited about this team. They were texting me about it, saying, I think this is your classic Cal group. So let's hope that's the case and that this can be a team that, that can get a lot of wins. And when it comes to Scooter Dingus's bet with John on the Thornton's text line, that win total just went down there, Scoots. It doesn't matter at all, TJ. That's what, that was my one realization watching this team this weekend. It doesn't matter. 30-31, it, it just doesn't matter. I'm, I, almost, I almost hit up John last night asking him what his Venmo was because I was just going to go ahead and send it. Because I just, barring any like serious injuries... <laughs> I, I truly do not see a way where this team does not win 30 games. I, I, just, I, don't, I don't see that at all. Uh, Scoots, you Scoots just, you, you're the best. You, you also can't be a jinxie cat here. This this is, no, this is, play it out. this is not me being a jinxie cat, and I would never send the $20 early. I'm, I, that's not who I am. But I, I truly – I have, thought about it. I, I, I did. Yeah, I did. But it, it wouldn't have been for a jinxie cat situation. I just I truly believe this team is that good. Well, I didn't, wanna... think it was, I didn't think it was a jinxy cat situation, but now I definitely think it may be. <laughs> but don't protest hey, too much. I got a fun stat for you from the Global Jam. Kentucky assisted 103 of uh, their 104, 142 made field goals. 72.5% of their made field goals were off assists. Sheesh. And that's, and, that's wild. I mean, that's that's kind of my point, though. Like that That definitely plays into this team because it's – yeah, the talent's all there. I mean, we've touched on all the individuals here this morning and for the last several months, but they're all unselfish is the thing. Like, there's not that one guy that feels that he needs to get his shot. At least we didn't see that in these four games. They're, they're, they share the ball, and that's going to help this team a lot because it doesn't matter who has the ball in their hands. All of them are capable. Which which is like – that. that's the one thing too, TJ, the the – that's a showing of a, a maturity, smart basketball, high basketball IQ team because that's like the last thing that comes in development, right? Like normally that, that's one of the things you see later on down the line. I fully expected going into this, we'd have moments where the ball would go into Dillingham or Wagner or Edwards' hands and he would just die and they would go one-on-one -on -one ISO. That wasn't the case. I mean, that, that showed just how far ahead they are in a lot of their developmental steps, a lot of their progress because that – that's that's the kind of sharing that a team has in February, not in July. Well, they say sharing is caring, and it seems like this group really cares a heck of a lot about each other. Uh, they they really they, they everything you said is one hundred percent accurate. That there, there were possessions that looked like this group could have been playing together for years with some of the way that they just kind of trust each other, being where they thought they'd be, make the pass, and they weren't let down. That stat is is wild to. 142 made field goals, and what was it, 104 assisted on? 103, yeah. yeah. 103. <laughs> uh, that, that, is, that is wild. I mean, that is absolutely wild, especially with a group that is so guard-dominant just to begin with, which you can make a case that, like, well, guard-dominant groups should be assisting. It means they can pass to one another. 
but it's guard dominant in the sense that they can all get to the rim. They can get their own baskets. They can all do step backs. They, they can do a lot of their own stuff. And, and you're right. You would think that the passing will get there in time, but at minimum, these are good basketball players and they're probably going to go to, and, and, and they're playing in an international game. They're probably going to default to one-on-one mode and that'll be okay. Cause they're super talented. So let's just see how it goes. Not the case at all. That, that did not happen. They were passing uh, just throughout the tournament, started on Wednesday, didn't end uh, going all the way through the gold medal game last night against Canada. Very unselfish group, great passers. It, it, it helps when you've got a big like Trey Mitchell that can dish the way that he can. If you've got a Duthi Arrow being your four, he's a willing and useful passer as well. And then all those guards are – they can play point guard. I mean, Reed Shepard can play point guard yeah, if needed. Yeah. Yeah, he struggled a little bit yesterday. Made made a couple silly mistakes, which I I don't think you're going to see a lot of when he's wearing a Kentucky jersey. That inbounds pass, you're that was bad. That was bad, that was bad inbounds. But he pass. still had five assists, stole a pass, had a block shot. Like yeah, one play he got the ball stolen from him, or just kind of succumbed to the pressure. What does he go? He goes down on the other end, gets a block, blocks it off the guy. UK gets the ball right back. He, he, he's somebody that he know he, he and he knows he knows when he makes mistakes. He knows when he messes up. And he, he's got that kind of try-hard attitude about him where he'll try to make it right if he makes a mistake. I, I like that. Sometimes it's probably going to get him in a little bit of trouble where it'll lead to a foul or something like that. But he'll be fine. But you've got several different guards. They know where their teammates are, and, and, they're, and they're good passers. So that was really impressive. Uh, they had a couple plays where they were going against a zone where it was just like, boop, 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 perfect pass basket just like knowing exactly what they needed to do it's a smart team and it's only july they're going to get a lot lot better when it's all said and done 103 assists on the uh, on the week that is nuts it really is it's great oh man so much fun love this team love these cats uh love our listeners and our texters on the thornton's text on 502 414 1450 is the number to get in the show. We got plenty to read from over the weekend. You can still get in now, though, and you can get into a Thornton's today. I've got my refreshing rewards app downloaded. I'm ready to make a pit stop there on my way to Nashville for SEC Media Days. We'll have plenty of that to discuss later on in the week. But uh, for right now, it's, it's, it's a big basketball show. We're excited. It is. We're going to take it to a break. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Randy Crouch, and Justin Kalen. We'll be back. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Ah, the best freaking team in all the land. Woohoo! Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on your Monday morning. We appreciate you listening in. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. It is SEC Media Week for football, so 
Roush will be heading down to Nashville. Is this the first year it's in Nashville? Yeah, first time it's ever been in Nashville. I think it's at a new hotel, too. This uh, Grand Hyatt has only been open for a year-ish, give or take. So, yeah. Um, it's, we're also bringing five people with us. Um, I'm a little worried, though. I don't know when Stephen Peake's going to get there because I think their flight got delayed in D.C. last night. So, I don't even know if he's back in the Commonwealth yet. So, mm. um, yeah. But, nevertheless, we got uh, – we got a lot of stuff planned. It it should be should be great fun. It's also fun. Like, I what I've learned about SEC media days after my first few is like, I was wasting too much time worried about what people said instead of just doing the making it like a media convention. Like, I'm sure they have big time appraiser conventions where you get to go and meet other people in the industry and hang out. Like that that's really where it's at its most fun, and you get to like chit chat and you know have conversations with the all the talking heads that you see on tv about the cat so we're really looking forward to that and seeing them out and about in nashville because uh, if i know anything about uh arkansas uh media folks particularly arkansas radio folks uh they're, they're gonna they're gonna have themselves a time down on broadway scoots all i heard is dad's week away that's what i heard from rouse yeah same that's that's all i heard yeah Scoots, if you had a week free on Broadway in Nashville, what 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 are you doing down in Tennessee? Like everything's free. Well, no, no my like time's free just to, free. You're free to you're free to do what you want because I can't afford Nashville how it is now. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Nashville's kind of low key sucks in that manner. It's it like does. eight dollars a beer. Yeah, it's it's gotten pretty pricey over the years. I agree. So. I agree with all that. By the way, both both of you. But if money wasn't an issue, I don't know. I'd probably go see. I'd, I'd go see Grand Ole Opry. I would go in probably every bar on Broadway just because I, I just like the scene. Although, I would be looking for country music, and I'd be really disappointed if I didn't hear that in every bar, like the case that I was telling you all my buddy who went down there last experience. So, yeah, I would just want to hear some good music, drink some beer, check out the ladies. That's that's pretty much it. I, I'm pretty low-key now versus my younger days. Yeah, you're not you're not looking to do anything too wild. No. Nah. Is the is that Hyatt, the new Hyatt, is it in a good location? Is where's yeah, it at? It's a little bit of a walk. Um like but it, I mean it's it's nearby Broadway and all that stuff. We actually aren't staying in that either. We got an Airbnb in East Nashville because it was just a lot cheaper than the the SEC Media Day hotel rates. Um but I they got a lot of cool stuff playing. Like uh, tomorrow night, they've got a concert. So if you're in Nashville, you want to go see Midland free concert on Broadway. They're pretty good. I saw them at Forecastle one year. I enjoyed them. Uh, and then they're also doing something at the Titan Stadium that I hope we can make it to, where it's like a big reception sort of deal. But it's going to be on Wednesday. Mark Stoops speaks Wednesday. And he's the last one up, which is the freaking worst. Like I, I don't no. He's not gonna get done talking till like four Eastern. So by the time that happens, and you get done, I mean it, it, it's gonna be a long day. Um, but nevertheless, um, should be pretty fun. There's a there's a there is a couple uh, new Broadway places that are like okay, this is a cheaper like this isn't as expensive to drink. There's plenty of room. They got a good TV set up. Uh, Lucky and I found that down when we were there. I don't know uh music city bowl and then drew franklin's gonna be with us and drew knows people so i'm curious where 
where that will take us. And, you know, and I'm sure we're going to run into some Kentucky fans too. We'll probably uh, have folks meet up with us at some point, some night. I was hoping that would be tonight, but like, I don't know if we can still do our live show because I don't know if Stephen Peake's going to make it right today. So we'll find out. We're just, we're, we're playing it all by ear, but uh, should have a lot of shows on the KSR YouTube channel, a lot of interviews. Um, and uh, looking forward to it. Always fun. Yeah, I can't wait to see the content. I, I'm, I'm excited for you all. Scoots, it does beg the question, though. Roush is probably not surprised I'm going to bring this up. Uh, Stoops doesn't talk till late Wednesday. They're going to have 13 <laughs> KSR people down there, but Roush has to leave after an hour into our show today. <laughs> Explain yourself, Roush. Yeah, can't, well, can't, even, can't even wait till 9 o'clock to leave today. Well, our... We, my caravan is, which is actually the van, it's, we are the first group down there. And now that we work for on three, we have a much more strict travel budget, so we can't drive separate. And Greg Sankey talks today at noon and we, we just, we need to get down there for it. So yeah, that's given. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's what it is. Who's in the caravan in the van? Uh, Luckett and Freddie and Peak was going to be in it until the flight delay. So, <laughs> but just keep like a just buckle in a seatbelt just in memoriam. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Maybe put like a little video camera in there just but... so it feels like he's really there. <laughs> I'll set up a tripod on the chair. <laughs> uh, but first time taking the van, it's only got like 200 miles on it. So, first time taking the van somewhere. Wow, that's very exciting. Uh, we did have some football news yesterday, though, because part of SEC Media Days, they roll out all of the programs, and there was three people that were absent from the opening day roster. Uh, not opening day, but from the media guy roster. Um, Dee Beckwith, Kevin Larkins Jr., and Austin Ramsey are not making it to campus. Um the only one that uh, D Beckwith. Yeah, thank God. Like people, no. Yes, yes. I'm so sick and tired of asking if D Beckwith's going to play. He's not going to play. He was never going to play, and it's 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 he's now he's not eating a scholarship anymore. So there we go. Uh, but I heard he was looking good. He's got a great body. I mean, he he always looked good. He look, he's he is looks great in shorts. Hall of Famer. Like. <laughs> No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but no longer on the raw. I, I mean, I don't know what the case is specifically for either of these guys. Um, Warkins Jr. was the guy that had a bunch of interceptions at Livingstone, and I no idea there. Austin Ramsey, it makes me believe that it's probably something academic, which is unfortunate because he was one of just a couple of offensive line signing, uh, signings in that class. He's a big kid. Um, Thought that could end up being something. So I, I don't know exactly what that is there. I did see too that Nikhil Beatron, who was the other kid from Philly on the offensive line that Kentucky targeted, he's not making it to A and M either. But yeah, three three players we expect to be on the roster not there. Uh, Luck had also reported that there's a long snapper from Fordham, Ron Gaines, that's going to be a scholarship player for Kentucky this season. So the special teams room flip continues there but um yeah uh first n nothing too significant as far as people that would play this year but three guys who aren't making it to campus as well as i don't know if we ever mentioned sam and and um josh jones not making it to campus either 
or they 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 medically retired. So five players no longer with the Kentucky football team for all intents and purposes. That doesn't okay, seem normal. Be, yeah, should we be concerned about any of this? It doesn't seem like any of the names really are all that big of a deals. But uh, what what what's your grand yeah, take I, on it? I, I'm not too concerned one way or the other. And I'm I'm one of those two that, especially in the transfer portal era, I like having some extra scholarship capital lying around. Now, there's a lot of people who have mentioned some Memphis offensive linemen. Like, oh, maybe you go get him. And it's like, dude, the kid couldn't play for Memphis. He's not going to play for Kentucky. But if something happens, a player comes available, I like having a little bit at the ready to be able to hand out. And I also like being able to reward some, you know, if you, if you can reward some walk-ons, having that ability is good. Um, but it, right now, TJ, the like I, I feel like this team can be really good and exceed expectations and really pop this fall, which would seemingly get you on the radar like for some high-profile guys. Um, so I, I like having extra scholarship capital available if some big-time players, both in the portal and their high school recruiting ranks, get their eyes open to you during the fall where you've got you've got plenty lying around here where you don't have to worry about a numbers crunch and having to cut ties with certain players. So um, not, nothing too overwhelmingly uh, to be concerned about, especially for this upcoming 2023 season. All right, well, that's good news. I, I didn't, you know, when you're going through the list of names, I, I kind of felt the same way. Uh, and, yeah, to have some open scholarships, that's not going to be the worst thing in the world. Either. It does seem like the special team room is eating up the bulk of this year's scholarship numbers, though. It really is. Uh, and that, at least I, I don't, there isn't a numbers crunch. So, like, okay, if you're, you're willing to invest into special teams, like, that's a, that's an easy way to make sure you get good players to be like, okay, well, we're going to use scholarships on them. They got the kicker from Georgia Southern. They're getting a long snapper. So, like, Okay, if you're gonna do this, like, go, go do it, and that should mean you get a like you should get a pretty good rate of return, right? Like, and if you don't, that that's when there's gonna be a lot of alarms. So it better be better, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's exactly where I that's, took the words out of my mouth. They're like, that's fine. Use the scholarships. People that kind of know that stuff better than I do can see can can determine if there's gonna be like any long term issues with chewing up so many scholarships with special teams. I don't think it would be because that can always just be a year-to-year thing. But, yeah, just be good. Be good. If you're going to use scholarships, that's fine. Special teams has been, at times, atrocious for Kentucky uh, as of late. Yeah. Fix yeah. it. And if that means you got to put some scholarships towards it, then then that's fine. Uh, I think having just a designated person to be the coach of special teams will will be better. Yeah. Uh, but they've, they've, they've kind of worked on that as well. So. Yep, and uh, they also got a quality control guy who's, you know, dad was has been in the NFL for decades. He's got NFL experience, so uh, n- nice little change of pace in the special teams room. Uh, we can talk more about the X's and O's semantics when we get here to Mark Stoops on Wednesday. But today, Greg Sankey's going to take the podium uh, and kick things off. I'm sure there's going to be some eight nine schedule talk. There's going to be Oklahoma A and M talk. Um, last week, the Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, he threw some shots at, uh, at Texas and Oklahoma. Like, well, they'd rather lose to uh, they'd rather lose to Alabama than Kansas State or Iowa State, which I thought was was funny. Uh, 
But the big news that came out last week that we didn't get a chance to discuss, and unfortunately, Tennessee isn't talking until Thursday, so we don't get to really soak in it and really marinate in it and enjoy it. Like Josh Heupel is the last one talking. There's going to be a lot of people gone by then. I'm sure you'll have plenty of local media there because it's in Nashville. But the, the Tennessee McDonald's bag scandal has produced some hilarious stories. And the latest headline was Jeremy Pruitt's Here's just the tweet. Jeremy Pruitt told investigators that George Floyd was on his mind when he gave a Tennessee player's mom $300 in a Chick-fil-A bag. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Just some all-time stories have come out of there. Um, There's a great headline, too, that uh, Tennessee paid Darnell Washington and cheated went above and beyond a cheat to recruit him to Tennessee, and he still went to Georgia. Um, that was a great headline. I mean, it's really just been a gift that keeps on giving. Um, and, like, their cheating operation too, TJ, is very funny because uh, – so, like, Brian Niedermeyer, he was their version of Vince Marrow. He was their lead recruiter. He was their lead kind of trash talker. They're kind of rallying the troops. When they beat Lynn Bowden – Back in 2019, they got that tackle on the goal line. Um, I forgot that linebacker's name, but he had like 23 tackles against UK in that game. Um, he tweeted out the picture of the beer barrel on his desk. And that dude, he just sounded like the total clown who was paying out of his pocket, just like a lot of nickel and diamond kind of stuff, um, handing out money. And just the way that it was – Derek Ansley, the former UK assistant, totally threw Pruitt under the bus in this operation. Like, it was – it was all orchestrated from the top down. He wanted everybody to spend extra cash getting guys there. And it was all, you know, a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks there, where, like, that's how you get in trouble, right, is spreading yourself thin and letting every player know that you're going to get some walking around money instead of focusing your cheating efforts on, like, organizing it and pooling it and going all in on specific players like your Darnell Washingtons, you know, like actually giving him some real money instead of, you know, $1,300 and like free meals and stuff like that. So it's, it's been very funny. Um, although it is unfortunate that hundreds, I mean, the NCAA's headline was hundreds of violations and they even 18 level ones and they don't get one postseason ban. I mean, they're, they're going to be on probation for a while. They're not going to have their full scholarship limit for like six years or something like that which they'll feel it to an extent, but it's so damn frustrating that there's no postseason ban. And I think Louisville had three level one violations when they got their national championship banner taken down. Uh, granted, they had more success than the 11 wins under Pruitt when he was cheating, but still, um, that part did frustrate and annoy me, TJ, because hundreds of violations and 18 level ones didn't get them a more severe punishment. Yeah, so the NCAA, what what that's saying is just we're it's a new era, and everybody whined and complained about punishing kids that weren't responsible. So this is their new answer. This is what you're going to see more of. If Tennessee doesn't get a postseason ban, it, with everything that you just mentioned, probably means postseason bans are most likely they're gone. they're done. Yeah. Like they're probably just gone. You're not going to see that anymore unless they can prove that it's like current players potentially on the team. But even then that, that would be just a guess. This is their, this is their new age of punishment. The scholarship reduction is not nothing. Uh, they already had had a self-imposed scholarship and it's over the course of what, five years. So it's not like they're yeah. missing this number every single season, 
but it's still not nothing. Um, and it's yeah, still something right. that they have to work through and it's a little bit pain of the uh, pain in the butt. I mean, 12, also, 12 scholarships is like, I mean, that if you get some injuries pile up that, that hurts you. Oh, for, and you're going to have, I mean, you're going to have injuries. So like it, that, that's not nothing, but here's what I would tell the NCAA. If you're going to do the no postseason ban, that is what it is. I, I, I disagree. I, I just, I've got such a, what is seemingly a different perspective on some of this stuff than the average opinion on social media, at least, but I'll, I'll get to that or maybe I won't. But if you're going to do this new age of punishment, $8 million is nothing. A, a t- like a single Tennessee booster may wipe their butt with million dollar bills. And $8 That's the money they saved by not paying Jeremy Pruitt's buyout by firing him for cause for cheating. It's nothing. It's nothing. So if you're going to do this with no postseason ban, why not find them $75 million for something so severe? I mean, they had hundreds of violations, as you said, several level ones. Why not $75 million? Make the fine so big that you make an athletic program actually have to be like, well, hold, like we got to actually think about this. Like we got to figure out where we're going to get this money from. If you really want to, because cheating, all, all this message is sending is that like, hey, cheating, cheating pays. It, don't get caught. But if you do get caught, look, it's not the end of the world. All this is sending is that it's all right to cheat. Well, the scholarship stuff isn't, again, it's not, it's not nothing. It's something. But for something so severe, why not say, like, you guys are going to have to 20 scholarships a year? You know, like, make it almost t- make it really, really tough on them. Uh, they're not, you know, I don't think they're going to do that. But if you're not going to do the postseason ban punishment, you really need to hit teams where it hurts to try to discourage cheating. And by going incredibly severe, I think you, you'd have a better chance of doing it. Uh, they vacated some wins. I, I saw that, Roush. Yeah, I, and one of them was that win Bowden game, and that, that one that one hurt. That one did hurt. That, yeah. that was like the only game where QK was kind of rocking and rolling with Lynn Bowden at quarterback that they were stopped. And I think it, that was their only loss. <laughs> it, and it should have been. Yeah. It shouldn't have been. They yeah. played They played good enough to win that game. That's unfortunate. Now it's vacated, so it no longer exists. The UK did win season that game, for the Cats. Yeah. As, a, as a matter of fact. But you know one thing about like the vacating of wins? There's basically two schools of thoughts. You get people that are like, it, you can't take my memories. It happened. Those are the people that it actually does bother. The people that it doesn't bother are the people that are like, okay, so that's it. The, the vacating of wins. Oh, okay. That's no that's no big deal at all. But the people who whine and say it doesn't matter, Roush, those are the people that it actually matters the most with. Um, they just you can't take my memories. And then why are you so worked up about it? They can't take your memories. Why are you whining about it? You can make a case that vacating wins is like the least severe punishment of all time if you really truly don't care about it. Yeah. I- But the truth is, they really do. Yeah, yeah, and it, it like I, I'm, I'm with you, TJ, too, on the punishments because it does feel like it was antiquated. But at the same time, in this new era where, like, seemingly, like this is now allowed. Like what Tennessee did is now allowed if you go through the right channels. So like you have to find some way to ha- have teeth. And I don't. I'm curious because it, it feels like the conferences are going to be in charge of the punishments moving forward. Like what 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 that's going to be? 
because the NCAA clearly just doesn't like it's that they've moved on from their old forms of punishment. What's next? I, I do think that you're, you're right that paying them is the big way to go. But I, I just I, I don't I don't I don't know which direction they're going to go, and this isn't going to hurt them as much as they thought. Because here's the thing, too, TJ. They we got to remember they did they turned themselves in because they wanted to get rid of Pruitt for cause because he stunk as a coach. They wanted this, so like, how do you? Uh, that's the part that annoys me is that like how do you punish a team and actually punish them? Um, I, I I don't have a good answer for it right now. Um, oh, we need to find one. We need to find a better one. All right, Roush is heading down to SEC Media Days. Make sure you're following along for a lot of good coverage, but we'll still get to hear him on on Roll Call yep. some this week, so that's going to be a good time. Safe yeah. travels down there. I know the weather's going to get a little nasty. I'll, um, I'll be I, – I don't plan on skipping any time except for maybe uh, maybe maybe just a, a start to a show one day, but I'll be, I'll be ready to rip and roar, folks. A start to a show one day. I wonder why that is. All right, Roush, have fun. See you later. <laughs> uh, Hour two of Kentucky Roll Call comes up next on Big X Sports Radio. Every year, the South champion. Because yeah. all I do, all I, all I, all I, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here oh, on the Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen, Nick Roush. Making his trip down to Nashville for SEC Media Days. The commissioner speaks today. Mark Stoops speaks on Wednesday. And they'll have all the coverage. Five people down there. It's going to be good stuff, I'm sure, from the KSR folks. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Justin Kalen, you're going to get a little bit more talking time here Woo! in hour number two. That's good for the listeners because I have some thoughts regarding the Cats from this weekend. Oh, well, don't don't let us get in the way. If you I've, missed it in hour one, Scoot says that there should be no concern. Him and John have a bet. It was 31 wins over under. Scoots took the under. They said in this trip that if UK went 4-0, it'd bring the over-under down to 30. If UK lost just any game, it'd bring the season total up to 32. So it was kind of a risky bet there from John, a group of players that had never played together before, that we hadn't seen play together before. Going into this event, the roster was just finalized about like 10 days before, two weeks before this trip even took place. And he had to have a perfect 4-0 slate to take one win off, where Scoots just needed one loss to add one win to the total. Yet John was, was proven correct and seemed to make a good bet. But Scoot said in hour number one, it does not matter because UK is going to have no problem getting 30, 31 wins, 32 wins. Scoots is high on the Cats' supply. I am. And not just the team, TJ. I've got some individual hot takes that I want to get off my chest as well. You ready for them? Well, I'm I'm born ready. We'll go one, at a, t- we'll go one at a time, and you can let me know what you think about it, okay? 
All right. So okay. I, I was thinking about this last night as, a, as I'm watching the game. The first one I don't think is all that hot of a take. I think it has a really good shot of happening. But Trey Mitchell will shoot over 40% from deep this season. Okay. All right. I that that would be that would be great. I think that's probably a little high, but I think he's probably going to be within you know four. I think at worst thirty five percent. So I, I just really love his shot. It is so smooth. Every time he took one this weekend, I was just like, oh, that's in. And the, for the most part, they were. So yeah, I think he's going to shoot forty percent from deep this season. This one's a little bit more of a stretch, but a Duthiero will average at least ten rebounds this season. Any yeah, shot? that's. That's not going to happen. You don't think? What What do you think his number will be? Seven. I mean, Oscar uh, Oscar Sheboy's like best rebounding numbers were what thirteen or fourteen rebounds, and per game, and he was a freak. For Thero to be in the double digits, uh, that that would be incredibly impressive. Uh, I don't think. I, I think like a best case scenario for Thero would be like realistically probably seven. And and I think it'd probably be close. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll average that either. He'll be closer to ten than six. Let's put it that way. That's how I feel. I, I disagree. I, I disagree with that. I, I really like a dude. He's man. He is. He's going to be so fun to watch this year. And it's it's crazy because that's a guy we really didn't talk about a lot in the offseason. It was all the freshmen got oh, the yeah. focus, and all the guys coming back got the focus. A dude kind of was. On the side, you know, just like, like hey, waving, hi, I'm still here, guys. And we saw that at, in this Canada trip. So I'm really high on it, dude. I like that kid a lot. And my final hot take. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Uh, slow your horses, buddy. First, They're ready to off, run. I, 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 love, I love your takes. I love your UK basketball takes. We got to let you keep ripping and rolling, but I got to slow you down here a little bit. <laughs> uh, Trey Mitchell's best three-point percentage, by the way, in his career, and he's got a long college basketball career. Sure. He is an experienced player, uh, which is exactly what this team needed. It's why it's such a big deal. And again, just all the thank you in the world to Bob Huggins and the overall university in West Virginia and Morgantown. Oscar Sheboy was such a gift. Trey Mitchell appears to be such a gift. His best three-point percentage in his career was when he was at UMass, his second year at UMass, where he averaged 38%, 37.5. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt and run it up. Since he's been playing in the Big 12, first with Texas and then with West Virginia, 32.6% at Texas and then 36% at West Virginia. So he was trending up in that direction. So for him to go 40% would be at least two and a half percentage points better than any other season he's gotten. That being said, he probably hasn't played on a team quite like he has. Bingo. Uh, at this Kentucky team, Bingo. he hasn't had the guards to be able to probably set him up and get him open in the same way. He, he can be an afterthought, and you saw that at the Global Jam where teams were so focused on stopping this player, this player, this player, or their big couldn't stay out on the perimeter with Trey Mitchell. And, Scooch, you're right, it led to a lot of open shots. So 40%, if he does that, then UK is going to be – pretty filthy at least offensively if you've got your stretch four five shooting 40 percent from deep yeah I mean you just nailed it TJ I couldn't literally couldn't have said it any better myself than you just did the, just the talent that he has around him they're they're gonna demand so much focus from defense other defensive teams and it's gonna leave Trey Mitchell open a lot so hopefully he can knock that down I really believe he shoots it at a 40 percent clip this year so we'll see that that would be awesome uh, I hope I hope that he does. And then to your Duthiero 
you can make a case he was the biggest surprise over the global jam. I don't think that'd be all that hot of a take. You're right. We we had all offseason. We talked a lot about how far along Uganda was going to be. Is he ready to take that next step? I think we've got the answer regarding the Duthi Arrow. He is ready to take that next step. He has taken that next step. And more than anything else, I think, is what a grown man. Like, he he's grown up. He's like, uh, he's looks different than he did from this past season. He play, He's playing similar, but you're understanding that, or he is understanding that he's got more muscle and weight to him, which makes him even more dangerous as he attacks into the paint. He can live at the line. He is so good at getting fouled. Um, and he is super strong. So he's going to need to be one of UK's better rebounders, and especially before we figure out what the heck is going to go on at the five position for Kentucky. You're going to need a Arrow's aggressiveness and athleticism. I was also impressed with the way Justin Edwards rebounded the ball yeah. for UK. Uh, he, he, he showed uh, an ability to be able to go kind of throw his body around, which you don't always see some from freshmen from time to time. So between him and, and a Duthi arrow, th- those are maybe some, some rebound, some important rebounders that you would not have anticipated just uh, probably a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. You know, even with a do, we not only forget about him when talking about him earlier this off season, but there were a lot of points in the game where he was in the lineup and you just didn't notice him. I mean, he because he's doing all the little things that you don't notice. Yeah, he's grabbing rebounds, he's bodying up, and he's a lot of times he's being the facilitator. He was setting up a lot of his teammates on this trip. So yeah, he I think he's going to be a really really important piece for this team, no doubt. All right, what's Scoot's take number three? Your all first, right. Trey Mitchell shooting forty percent. Uh, your second, Adutiero would average. 10 rebounds or more, which that's kind of just outlandish, but I love your enthusiasm. What's number three? Number three, you just brought up the center position. That's what this is in regards to. Everything that Kentucky gets from either Jordan Burks or Ugunna is nothing but a bonus. Nothing but a bonus. And that may not wow. even that may not even be that hot, but I I I just don't know. I think once you get Aaron Bradshaw back into the fold with this team. I don't even know that you need those two guys. So that's why I have that mindset of if you get anything from them at all, just count your blessings. It's a bonus. Move on. Jordan Burks, you're 100% right. And I actually thought, like, I I, I think we said on Friday, he, he looked a little just a step behind, a step slower. You saw a little bit of his potential, but he was kind of piecing it all together as he was going on the fly. So the, the game hadn't really slowed down for him. I thought he had a much better Saturday and Sunday, and I yeah. think even yesterday he had a nice little stretch. So uh, I, I think he can be a nice player. It just you're you're gonna play the arrow at the four. You, there's just there's too many bodies in front of him. So he is. I totally agree with you there. You gonna? I don't know. I, he is still the ultimate wild card. You can make a case that maybe Bradshaw is as well, but Bradshaw, I think you're going to be getting what you've seen from these other freshmen. I think you can just, by extension, assess that to Bradshaw. Like He's going to probably be able to score at a minimum because all these other freshmen have been able to score. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's big. He should be able to block shots. Will he be physical enough rebounder? I don't know. Tom will tell, but it really helps when you got the arrow and Justin Edwards taking a little bit of the responsibility down there. So... Uh, Bradshaw at a minimum is going to be a score. 
what is Uganda going to be able to do at a minimum? I think block shots. I think you'll be able to kind of alter shots and make teams think in the interior, so you'll at least get that out of him. Will he be able to rebound at a high enough clip? Same question that applies to Bradshaw applies to Uganda there. Will he be able to score enough? I don't think it really matters because I think you're going to have at least four other players on the floor that are good scorers. It's just the way this roster is built that you're not going to need Uganda to score. But it's a fair question. You're, we know that Bradshaw is going to be able to score. We don't know that Uganda is going to be able to score. Uh, we know that Uganda is going to be able to block some shots and alter things defensively. You would, I think we know that about Bradshaw, too. It would be shocking. He's too long. He's got a good body. He should be able to do that as well. So what we don't know is how either one of them is going to be able to rebound at this level, and we don't know if Uganda is going to be able to score at this level. So I, I disagree with you ultimately. I do agree with you on Burks. I think Uganda, there is a defensive aspect that could be team changing like if he if he can be an elite shot blocker well then you're mixing in defense with great offense and you you start to look at this team and you wonder really where the flaws would be yeah I mean I think you're spot on again Uganda's definitely not gonna have to score but TJ let's just say let's say he goes out and he's averaging two and a half blocks a game and I don't know let's say five rebounds is that enough to keep him on the floor I don't think he's probably going to have overly impressive stats because you're just not going to need him to have like again rebounding is going to be an, an added bonus. But if he is a the type of defender, let's just say he's even in the same neighborhood of a shot blocker as an Anthony Davis or Nerlens Noel, or, or maybe even closer to like a Willie Cauley Stein is probably more realistic. Then you can play pretty much any type of way that you're going to want to play. You're going to be if a team's trying to do throw one style at you, you're going to be able to combat it. You can have like a defensive lineup. You can have a three point shooting lineup. You can have guard heavy. You can kind of have like a a guard heavy penetrating, and then you want your gun in there for alley oops lineup. You're just going to have so much versatility if he ends up being the defender that we want him to be, that we think his potential could allow him to be. So I I, I just chalk that up more than a added bonus that could be a like a, again an entire team changing ability if he is to that level will he be i don't know anybody uh, we were hoping to get to see him a little bit this week supposedly he had six blocks against africa which would put him in that category africa wasn't overly impressive but still six blocks is still six blocks and he put up insanely freakish goodly numbers that's not english but you know what i'm trying to get at <laughs> he put up insanely good numbers in uh, some garbage time in November and December games last year. Now that plateaued out. He, he even and when he'd get garbage time against SEC teams, he wouldn't do anything overly impressive. Kansas, he had to play a little bit. He didn't do anything good in that game. But that that mystery of his blocking ability could take this team to a whole new level. So that's why I wouldn't put him in like the Jordan Burks level of just an added bonus. Yeah, I'm not trying to hate on you, Gunna. Here, let's let's just get that out of the way. Are. I don't. I think it's a fair take. But, I think you probably would have textures on the Thornton's text line that would agree with you. But that, like, you know, you're fine as you are. So anything you get from him is just icing on the cake. Yeah, and, and my point is, the, all those guys you mentioned, the Anthony Davises, the Willie Cauley Steins. I mean, they were better offensively. There's there's no doubt about that. And I just don't know why. 
yeah, you're getting, in in this scenario, two and a half, three blocks a game from Uganda and perhaps five, six rebounds, but is that enough to keep him on the floor when you can get five guys out there that can do pretty much everything for you, that can score offensively, that is good defensively? I just, I don't, yeah, I don't. I'd much rather see another five on the floor, but I I am not I'm I'm gonna hold off hope here, and I'm gonna wait until the season see what we actually get from Uganda before I start hating on him. But yeah, I just I'm I'm hesitant when it comes to Uganda, and you all know that I've brought it up a couple times in the past few weeks. But you you could be right, but we we do need to see him. I do think the possibility for that defense could take this team to to it could elevate it to an entirely new and different level. So I, I do ultimately disagree with you. By the way, I think Uganda is probably in a similar category to Willie Cauley-Stein offensively his first year, second year. Willie didn't really make an offensive jump till his junior year. He was True. almost strictly just catching alley-oops and scoring in the interior, but they didn't really trust him with shooting or extending the floor whatsoever. We don't know if Uganda is going to be able to, to do that or not. His elbow jumper and warm-ups is very, very nice, but – uh, he wasn't able to really hit that shot in games, the limited action. We saw him, but that, that's part of the reason him getting injured kind of stinks is he was a big mystery. We want sim- similar boat to a dude, the arrow. We kind of wanted to see how far along you gonna has come, what he brings to the table. And now we just, we don't, we'll have to wait till, till, till November really to get a good idea. And November's true because you know, the exhibition games in October, who cares about those? We want to see what he's going to do against Hunter Dickinson in the Champions Classic. And let's just hope that he's going to be healthy enough to do that uh, because Calipari did mention that it's a a worse injury than they thought. And he was on the boot in the sidelines with a sprained ankle, so hopefully uh, there's no like structural damage. Um, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. I do think Kentucky struggled defensively. Uh, I, I thought they should have been a little bit better guarding the ball. Now, some of these players were kind of – there were some good guards in this event. I, I don't think there were – UK obviously had the best guards. That's not a surprise. They've got level NBA-level caliber guards. These other guys were were mid-major. And the Ad, Addison Patterson, Patterson guy from Oregon, he was good. Man, he was or, or good. One-time, one-time Oregon commit. Now he's at Tallahassee Community College. Where they said he was going somewhere on the broadcast last night, though. Oh, did they? Yeah. I can't. Oh, I it. it. I cannot remember. Yeah, he's – oh, Northwestern State maybe I think is where he's going. Oh. Yeah, n- nothing huge. <laughs> no. Hmm. Uh, I think he probably could have gone somewhere better. I, I know the Thine guy, Thine, Thine, Thine guy, I think he's going to Butler. They, You know, they, they've – and then a lot of their – they've got good mid-major guys that averaged a lot of points. They had good mid-major scores. Uh Still a team Kentucky should have beaten and should have probably beaten in the manner that they did, even with UK being so young and coming together and doing all that stuff. But I was if there's an area to improve on, on the ball defense, a lot of the guys got taken off the dribble. I didn't think that that was probably going to be as noticeable as it was. Justin Edwards especially, because he's just too gifted and freakish athletically. He's too long. Uh, that shouldn't happen to him. Maybe it was just fatigue or, you know, you're playing four games in five days. In the Africa game, they weren't really playing for anything in that one. Uh, But he he should be better. And then you'd see flashes where they attacked him. I don't know if you all remember this play last night, but when they attacked him in the paint, it was kind of a one-on-one transition. 
they went right at Justin Edwards and he just blocked the shot like it was nothing. Like not like a chase down block from behind, but just one on one right in front of you. He just went up and blocked it like it was nothing. So I think they'll get better defensively, but that's another reason why you may want you gunner in there. If you're gonna get beaten off the dribble, it really helps to have a seven footer that can erase a lot of shots in there in the paint. So I disagree with your take three, Scooch, but overall, I like your takes. Disagreed with two out of the three of them. Well, I guess maybe just half of your take, because I do agree with you on Jordan Burks. Anything you get out of him is going to be an added bonus, although I do like his potential for next season and and down the road if he wants to stay in the program. Hopefully he would, but uh, yeah, it was fun. United States, UK, they win the gold, don't really sweat it. Their closest game was the Germany game on Wednesday, which was an eight-point win, although it really could have been more than that. And their first game, for what it's worth. And their first game. Good point about that. Did uh, Germany blew a, what, 17-point lead up 57, I think, to 40 on Canada in basically a semifinal game? Uh, I definitely thought you were going to see Germany against the United States in that gold medal match. Germany, I think, maybe would have been a better challenge because they just spread the floor and they can shoot the ball a lot better than Canada could. Well, surely they wouldn't have shot it like they did the first game, though. There's no way. They they could have shot a little bit better in the first game. Maybe. They shot 44 threes. <laughs> That's crazy. Plenty of, plenty of room to, to make a few more. Yeah, it, it is crazy. Let's head on over to the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. We're going to do our best to maybe get through this, but I'm not sure if it's – There's not a sure lot. how many we got over the There's week. a lot. Okay. Let's see. Did we not even finish from this past weekend, from yesterday? I thought we did. Yeah. No, no, we did. Uh, we had two left that we didn't finish on Friday. So okay, we... Texter says, Texter's right. Yeah. Reagan thought it'd be a good idea to clear out the mental institutions. Terrible decision. We have tent cities, not sustainable for society. The Texter says, respectfully disagree. This team will be better than 17. We haven't seen Edwards anywhere near his best yet. We are loaded. I do think I remember when I sent them when this text got sent over, I was thinking like I style of play I just think will be similar to seventeen. And I and I think we said that was the basement, right? Yeah. So like it I can't imagine them being worse than the seventeen team, and that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Seventeen team was a lot of fun. I think watching them play, it was one of my favorite Calipari teams. Just unfortunately ran into the national championship and John Huggins, John Huggins, <laughs> Bob Huggins, twin. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, but he, he, uh, Higgins cost UK the game, unfortunately. Texture says for KRC, Justin Edwards is a more skilled athletic Eric Daniels. I think he's a little bit further, further evolved and better than an Eric Daniels. No disrespect to Eric Daniels. But he is tough to compare to make a comparison for, for Justin sure. Edwards. Yeah, for sure. I don't. I don't even know who I'd go with. Um, I think you have to watch him a little more. A little more time on the floor will maybe may, maybe help a click for you. He'll he'll have good shooting games. He'll have bad shooting games. But gosh, I love the way he elevates on his shot. He he can get a shot off pretty much anywhere because he just jumps. He's going to be able to jump so much higher than any defender that's guarding him. And he's got such long arms as is. Lefty shots always look funky. Uh, no offense to the left-hander listeners out there. <laughs> it just always looks a little funky. But he, he gets such a high release on his shot. It's 
you hope that he's odd. He'll get better as the season goes on, too. He'll have off games, though, but he'll have games where he's just on fire. He Justin Edwards was – Scoot, I was thinking when I was watching this game, watching Justin Edwards, so fun to watch. This team – I like to do this with Kentucky teams, and I, I've talked about this on the show before. I've talked about it with football as well, where you all should try this. A lot of you all probably already do it. I don't, I'm not trying to act like I'm reinventing the wheel here. Um, this thing called having a favorite player. Maybe huh. you all have done this before. Maybe Good luck with this, this year's team. Maybe you've had, maybe you've heard of this concept. But what you do is you pick somebody and you make them your favorite player, and that way you just are irrationally more involved with what they do than the other players on the team. Although you like the team in its entirety, uh, you do this thing called picking a favorite player. And you're right, Scoots. With this group, it's really it's it's kind of hard. And normally, when I do this, I don't necessarily pick who I think is like the best player. I don't pick who I think is the most impactful. Sometimes that works out that way. Uh, but what I do is I try to pick out who is my favorite. Um, in this group, it is tough, and we are too early in the season really to do it. But you got to draw your line in the sand at some point. And I'm. I try during this week. I kind of tried on different players for size, see how it felt. Uh, it's very easy, and they're all very likable. Uh, at different times, it was like, man, Trey Mitchell. He's he does. He's got such a smooth shot. Maybe I just go with him uh, to kind of steal him so late in the game. It kind of feels like destiny to have him as a Wildcat. I liked it. It was good. Wagner. He wears twenty-one. My favorite number. That's the the number I wore when I would play, or without a you know that's. 21 is a great number to wear on basketball jersey. It looks very, very good. He's good. He, he's so fun to watch. Incredibly quick. I didn't realize he was going to be so fast. Reed Shepard, Kentuckian. Always fun to pick the Kentuckian. Obviously a legacy at that. He'd be easy to pick as well. Justin Edwards, he may be the number one pick in the draft. That's that's fun to go with as well. Arrow. he's kind of like a, a utility guy. Does it all. Incredibly strong. Probably going to dunk on people. But the guy I kept coming back to was just Dillingham. I don't know what it is. He's got like a little bit of an underdog to him too, just because when you look at all these guards, he's probably the one that's least heralded. So I think I kind of came back to him in that regard. Secondly, he just sees the floor in a unique way. That's just something you can't really teach or coach, and he's just got it. Whatever it is, it, he's got it, and uh, he's good at it. He's fun to watch. So great passer. I kept going back to him. His shot wasn't great over this four-game span, although you did see him start to hit a couple, had that four-point play, which was really fun. So I think Dillingham's going to be the player that I'm going to go. He, he's going to be my, my guy this year, where I'll probably get more excited about the little things that he does more than the other players. But I highly recommend everybody pick their own, make it unique to you. If you want to hop on the Dillingham train, you're more than welcome to. And I understand that like Dillingham may be – the third best guard on this team, probably, you know, maybe even the fourth best guard. Uh, you, there may be some games where Reed Shepard running the one could be beneficial if he's really feeling himself. Uh, but there, Dillingham's just the guy I'm, I'm settling in on. Highly recommend you all do it as well. I can never remember maybe a UK team besides the 2015 team where you have more realistic options. Like, I can understand why somebody would pick Shepard. I can understand why somebody would pick the arrow across the board. And maybe it will be Bradshaw when it's all done, said and done. Maybe you gonna just will be an absolute freak shot blocker, and you could pick him. 
but there's a lot of different pieces. They all do a lot of different things. It's hard not to get excited, Scooch. We, we, we're going to have fun with it. It's kind of fun to do radio and just go over the top, like through the moon with expectations and optimism. But even in the realistic sense, there is a lot to like about this group. It's a deep team. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm proud of you for picking a guy. That's, that's a really hard thing to do on this team. And there's a lot of people out there that won't be able to do that because there are so many guys that they like. But you you brought up earlier mistakes made here over the weekend. And I just want to preach patience with this group because Gil kind of did the same thing when Shepard had his back-to-back turnovers last night and he was like come on Reed and and kind of like griping at him I just looked at him I'm like dude's 18 like you're you're playing in an exhibition game essentially up in Canada in the offseason like this is the time for the team to gel just let it happen they're gonna make mistakes it's gonna have they're 18 years old so just be patient with this group realize that they are a lot of fun and hopefully by March they're gelling and and you can get a fun tournament run out of it. But just just be patient with this group. It is wild just what these four games are going to do with expectations, with momentum yeah. of the program, sure. with just the feeling going into the season. If you didn't have these games, I, I still think people would be – they'd like their team. They, they'd think that they would have enough pieces. But there would still be a lot of probably infighting. You better, better win. They better be good. Um, at least this is this was enough to just let everybody in the in the big blue nation exhale. Got a good group. Scoots is right. It's not gonna you know you're gonna play better teams almost on day one, not quite day one, but when you when you play Kansas, Kansas is twice as good as any team you saw in this global jam. Uh, let's see how they do against them before you know we we totally buy in. But I think they've got I think their basement's very very high. It's a it's a basement built over on the river, um, on 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 the stilts. Well, very and, high basement with this group. Well, and just realize what you have. I mean, because you talk about it, everybody can like this team, but getting this opportunity to play in Canada, there's now a large faction of this fan base that loves this team. And and as we all know, the difference from like to love is pretty pretty grand. So. Well, let's have some fun with it. UK let's fans it. deserve it. Let's just hope that they live up to the hype. And if they do lose a game, if they drop a game, and November or December won't be the end of the world. Let's just kind of put these feelings in a bottle and just remember that like we think that when this team starts balling out, they can be really, really dangerous, tough to guard, really good guards, and it feels more like a, a Calipari team that, that does some damage. Got NBA players, yeah. to put it simply. Let's take our last break. We'll come back. More Thornton's text line when we return here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big oh, Sports Radio. T.J. Walker and Justin Day. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call, here on Big X Sports Radio. Get your text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Remember, five cents off a gallon at Thornton's with refreshing rewards members. You just punch in your number right there at the pump, and five cents taken off a gallon. 
Great stuff from Thornton's. Great stuff from Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com for the best polarized sunglasses in all of Kentucky. Summer rolling along. You need some good sunglasses on your head. But there's still a lot of summer left. So if you are disappointed with your sunglasses, you want to finish out the summer in style, Shady Rays will have sunglasses made and catered and tailored for you. So many different selections and very affordable opposed to those big brand companies. You'll save 25% off, make it even more affordable with promo code BIGX at checkout. We appreciate you using that promo code and you'll appreciate saving some money. BIGX at checkout, ShadyRays.com. All right, Scoots, let's get back to the Thornton's text line here. Let's do it. We got some work to do. Yeah, we really do. I'm not feeling great about it, but we'll do our best. <laughs> A texture says, what if Rick Pitino never left Kentucky? Man, you probably wouldn't have this recruiting class. Yeah, you. I do. I don't It would be interesting. I don't know. I, I, I'm of the belief that, like, there's a there's a decent chance that the same issues he had at Kentucky that U of L could have followed him to Kentucky. Sure. In in several different categories, if you're catching my drift, there's no doubt. There's not a there's a possibility that he signs Andre McGee to be a player there. There's a possibility that Andre McGee becomes an assistant coach. If you really want to go down that hypothetical, it's not impossible. I mean, we'll never know. There's no way that I could be proven wrong. No way that other people could be proven wrong. But probably a lot of wins if he stays at UK. I would almost guarantee there will also be some controversy, too. A texter says, Reeves has looked a lot more willing to get to the rim in the first couple games. Could be a concerted effort and improvement on his part, or could just be the competition level. Last year, he was pulling up for floaters on a lot of those opportunities. Yeah, he he, he did. Um, I, I still think, you know, his bread and butter is always going to be a shot, uh, outside shot, and that was on the money. It was Almost hard to believe how good he did shooting the ball this week in Toronto. Or or maybe big things coming from him. He he should really be considered as one of the All Americans. He's one of the I mean, he should be considered probably the best scorer in the SEC. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. But maybe I'm thinking with Reeves, maybe it's one of those things where you got all these freshmen coming in that are getting all the hype. And so he knew once he decided he was coming back that he had to turn up his aggressiveness a little bit in terms of getting to the rim and making plays for himself. Maybe so, and and also, I think level competition is probably just the easy, sure. most simplistic answer. Yeah. But also, maybe the fact that you have several other guards on the perimeter that not only can knock down shots, but also can take it to the rack, it made getting in the interior a little bit easier for Reeves, too. Um, there, there's a possibility for that. This, this whole thing is just different than last year. Not having Oscar Shibway just automatically, instantly snap your finger makes things differently just off the get-go. And then let alone, now you're going to be surrounded. You're never not going to have at least three guards that can't create their own shots. Where for the last couple seasons for UK, it was maybe just one guard. Possibly just one guard. Sometimes two. Sometimes two, but sometimes it was just one. Now you're always going to have at least three. And maybe sometimes you could have five people that could create their own shots. They all obviously won't be guards, but 
you could have five people on the floor at any given time that can create their own shots. That's going to open up things for everybody. It's going to be a really, really tough team to guard for opposing defenses in college basketball. By the way, you brought up Trey Mitchell earlier playing at the five at six foot nine. You know who else was six foot nine? Oscar. Who? So I don't see a reason why it can't work. Yeah, but the issue was UK has kind of stunk defensively the last few years with Oscar Shibwe being your five. And we all love Oscar. He's the best rebounder in UK basketball history, but he was a bad defender, and it hurts you defensively with the way that he would play. You don't want that anymore. And Trey Mitchell, I think, is probably already just a little quicker than Oscar. I mean, one was a five and one's a four, but you still need some length for shot blocking. Yeah. And you'll have that with Bradshaw or you gonna between. I mean, you should just make sure they're healthy. A texter says, podcast listener, Penn Station Fries wins hand down. Hmm. They're good. They are good. Not as good as Salsarita's wildly addictive chips. Heck no. They are super delicious. Worth the hype. Check them out today. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Uh, Middletown and St. Matthews, not Middletown in St. Matthews. <laughs> Matt Sack of the Sack Pack. He said, all right, I'm officially all moved into Louisville. The Middletown location is right by me. Is it? Is it the real deal? It is, Matt Sack. It is. It is. You will not be disappointed. Make sure you download that app. You get quesadillas, burritos, tacos, nachos, uh, but highly recommend their chips, hot salsa. It's got a nice kick to it. Check out Salsaritas today. By the way, Another- Sack, I, uh, that's the one I go to is the Middletown one. So, yeah, you'll be in good hands, buddy. You may run into scoots out there. Someday. Maybe. Hey, how about the Powerball? Oof, juicy, right? It's your week, right? Do we have someone we're, competent behind the wheel? We're, we're, we're closing in on a Billy. Come on. God, that'd be uh, sweet. But you only want $7 million of it. That, that's all I need. All I need. Uh, I think it is my week. I could be I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it's your week. Don't That'd let us cool. down. Don't let us down. The lottery, it is fun just from a dreaming standpoint. Are we ever going to win? No, of course yes, not. Yes, we but are. Is, is it fun just to, to have the belief to think just like maybe tomorrow there's not going to be a Kentucky roll call because I'll be worth $350 million? We're, we're never going to win with that stinking thinking attitude. So get that out of here. We are going to win. Words have power. Talk it into existence. We're going to win. Yeah, jinx, yeah, jinxes have power too, and reverse jinxes especially. So no <laughs> chance we ever win the lottery. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Louisville has the easiest 2023 schedule according to PFF. It's our civic duty to complain about this, or do we act like normal humans and carry on about our day? Yeah. Oh, boy. If that was UK, look who they're playing in the out-of-conference. Why don't you beef up that schedule? Well, you've got an easy schedule. Take advantage of it. No kidding. And hopefully we continue to take advantage of you in the Governor's Cup game with nice, thorough beatdowns. Another texter on the Thornton's text line says, remember when the program was in disarray, LOL? It's been a real roller coaster of an offseason for UK basketball. And we panicked a little bit. I don't think we hit the panic button, but we were saying like, all right, you know, you, you got to get somebody. You got to get somebody. And I don't think anybody really could have predicted the Trey Mitchell situation would have panned out the way that it did. But first and foremost, even if you didn't have Trey Mitchell it mean you just have more Aduthiero playing big in this event. 
and you probably would have more Jordan, Jordan Burks, and you'd be a worse team without Trey Mitchell. But you also still would be pretty solid. Like, these freshmen are fun. We're happy that Cal's gotten this group of freshmen. So at a minimum, you got to give him credit for that. But, Scoots, to our credit, we did always say there's still time. Yeah. Even though, you know, we would mention that you're, there's less of it, but we would always mention that there still was time. And we did always say it was pretty much two players. Boom, you got Reeves back. You got Trey Mitchell, and then we were ready to go. Yeah, those those two were big. I, and see, watching this week the team over in Canada, it's just it's so easy to see how big those two guys coming back, or Trey coming in and Reeves coming back was. It's just I, I never thought that Reeves would be the player that we saw the last four games, and if he can continue that into the season, oof, sheesh, that 30, 30 is going to get shattered. Well, really, he was playing well. He was playing really well in March. That Kansas yeah. State game was the outlier. Like he that he was really turning it up a notch. And then that was just wild. He just could get nothing to fall in that game. Artie's text continues. He says, always trust Cal, let's go. And that's been a staple of Calipari, just making sure in the offseason you always felt pretty solid about what the season, what you had coming up. And you know, we we we're going to look at last season differently. I've already talked about how the guard play is going to be different and how it may already be different for Antonio Reeves where it's helping him out more. But we did feel good going into last season too. Let's make no mistake about it. And that's a good thing about Cal. He usually puts together rosters that people feel solid about. Now, whether they – sometimes they don't pan out. Sometimes the pieces don't don't work, water and, and gasoline. But – Sometimes it does. Um, I think we feel better about this one. But we felt good about the roster last year. You had the returning National Player of the Year. We liked Reeves, although maybe a little bit more uncertainty him coming over from Illinois State. We loved Cason Wallace. We were excited about Livingston. But this one just feels a little bit more classic Calipari. I mean, even, even when you say those names, it's like, oh, okay. Like, Cason Wallace, there's probably three, four guys on this team better than him. Livingston probably five or six guys on this team better than him. It, so when you think about it like that, it, it, when you just heard her said those names, I kind of cringed like, uh, glad they're not on this team, you know? I think Cason Wallace is a better defender than DJ Wagner, but I do yeah. feel like it's an upgrade in the point guard position. And I love Cason. Sure. I, I hope, I think he's going to have a really, really good long NBA career. DJ Wagner really impressed me this week. Uh, I didn't realize he that first step was as quick as it appeared. I thought he was going to be a little bit more reliant on using his physicality, but he really is totally more re- – I mean, he can use his body and he uses it pretty well, but it's really speed that is his bread and butter. He struggled from deep, but that'll come in due time, I imagine. Yeah, he'll have good games and bad games, I'm sure, in that regard. A texter says, were you guys the type to absolutely delete beers in the shower before going out in college? Uh, yes. Yes, I was. Weirdly enough, I had a shower beer this weekend just because it had been probably years since I'd had one. <laughs> I thought you were going to uh, say this morning. <laughs> it's still, it, it, no, not this morning, but it, uh, it, it didn't really have the same magic, but occasionally in college, every so often, Scoots, you said you would. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was a big shower beer guy. At what age did you guys go out to the bars, look around, and say to yourself, yeah, I think it's officially time to truly hang it up. I feel like a chaperone at a grade school mixer now. It's a hard reality to truly accept, but honestly, I think it's getting to that point for this texter. <laughs> well, when you're, I mean, you're there. When you feel that way is yeah, when you know. You're there. Yeah. 
I don't know what uh, I don't age remember. I was. I don't yeah. remember the exact moment, but it I don't probably like 26, 27 ish. Yeah, probably about the same for me. Scoots, I don't know how you enjoy golfing in 90 degree weather. I was simply feeling up my car with gas and I was I was simply feeling filling up my car, I think is what they mean to say. I'm I am reading them for what they say. Um, he was feeling up his car. I was literally <laughs> sweating buckets. It was beyond miserably hot on Friday. It really was miserable on Friday. It was it was pretty miserable when we were out on Saturday as well. After that rain, the humidity kind of kicked up. It was it oh, was pretty hot, but I, I still enjoyed it. Gross. You just gotta bring two or three different gloves. That's the key. Yeah, I gotta start remembering bringing like sweat towels too. Yeah, the sweater golfers yeah. out there. I've got my towel in my bag, but I don't want to put that on my face. Yeah, sweat towels are huge. What type of homework did you all least enjoy the most? Studying for a test, busy work assignments, papers. Hit me what you liked least about school. Is is he just trying to get like a feel <laughs> for the upcoming school year? Like what type of homework he should give his class? I don't yeah, I don't I mean all homework sucked, Plumley bro. All of it. Uh let's see. When you go home, you don't want to do homework. No, you don't. But there's some homework where, like, I think homework where you allow students to BS is better than just, like, mathematics. Like, you know, just busy work homework. Busy work homework just did feel like a punishment. But if it's like, write an essay, give us your feelings, your thoughts on this or that, where you're, it's almost more thought-provoking, I think there's a benefit to that with homework and i didn't really mind that like something that you could take hey 30 minutes knock it out fine i can do it but if it was like hey sit down either you know how to do this stuff or you don't and if you don't it's going to take you two hours if you do it'd probably be a little quicker i never really liked that stuff and i, I didn't like test either test always stuck yeah i'm with you next extra like, says wanna... oh go ahead yeah go ahead no you no, go, go ahead. ahead okay Ralph strikes me as the type of student who was a five-star in the classroom, and all the students wanted to pair up with him for group projects to get that free A. Pretty accurate. Yeah, I imagine he was kind of the total package as a student. One, I think he is naturally smart. Two, I think he's got parents that kind of pushed him to like get good grades, which helped as well. But a big underrated part about Roush as a student, I bet he was such a schmoozer, too. <laughs> Like he'd probably For know sure. exactly like how to kind of like cozy up with a teacher oh, yeah. where he was like the big lovable but hardworking student, but he's a little bit of a goofball. <laughs> hey TJ, what's your opinion on the shot chart for this game? <laughs> <laughs> Don't care about the shot chart, just want it to look good. It did look good. That's fine by me. Hey, and it was and, and I'm not a huge long two fan, uh, for what it's worth. I just I'm fine with players taking shots that they're comfortable taking and that they're used to hitting. And if that's a 19 footer, an 18 footer, then it's an eight. Two is better than nothing. Oh yeah. Let's keep Two the school. Than- let's keep the school theme going. What was your go-to breakfast before school each morning? I was very lucky. My mom, she would spoil us. We, we would at worst, I'd have like a toaster strudel that my mom would make for me. Mm-hmm. And those, those were delicious. Yeah. Like with the right kind of icing, but I would say several times a week we'd have like eggs, maybe a waffle. Wow. Uh, yeah, like we would have some decent breakfast more times than not. Not every time, but the the basement breakfast would be a toaster strudel, which I felt like was a real treat. I was a big Pop Tart guy and toaster strudels too. Toaster scrambles also. The ones with the eggs and bacon in them. 
Mm. Yeah, I never had that. I don't even know. Is that a real thing? That sounds yeah. made up. Toaster scrambles, I think is what they're called. Texture says, by multiple reports, UofL is rated as a school with the easiest schedule in college football losers. Well, take advantage of it, UofL. Take advantage of it. Was the Reds' hot run a complete fluke? You, Scoots. Um, I wouldn't say a complete fluke. I would just say that the schedule set up nicely for them to go on a nice run, whereas now coming out of the All-Star break, they have a brutal schedule. So there's there's definitely going to be a little bit of a slide. They cannot score a run anymore for some reason. They've scored three runs Ooh. in their last four games combined. So, yeah, they've got to find the offense again. Get Ellie, get Ellie cooking again. He's been really bad since the All-Star break. Yeah, shut out in three of your last four, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. not good. Ooh. A texture says, TJ, how disrespected did you feel by not getting selected on the UK media starting five for basketball? Who would make up the best five? That's so a little, we don't have enough time really to get into all this. Who was it? Jack Pilgrim went on Rup to No Good, which is a great podcast, good, good folk. And they asked him who his starting four would be if he had to make a basketball team with kind of his buddies. And he said, Big Blue Drew, which is a no-brainer. Any any UK basketball media team would have to have Big Blue Drew. For sure. Then he said Travis Graf, because they play together. And I've played, I've played with Travis. I've played with I've played with all these guys before. Uh, and then I forget who he said for the fourth. Somebody else, maybe Daniel Hager, somebody from KSR, I think. Um, but just with that group, it, it is kind of ridiculous to leave me off that that group. Now maybe there's some UK media members out there that I'm not thinking of, or that are like better ballers than than I recall or I can remember. But I would need to be in the top five with with my notion of those of the media members that I can think off the top of my head. Uh, and then with that group of four, definitely would be would be in that top four. I should be in that top four. Man. But hey, it was his own personal list. He's allowed to make it as he wants. Uh, I just wanted to to stand up for myself on the old tweeter. That's a that's a really fun topic, and maybe if we ever get into summer radio this summer, we can discuss our own starting five for Kentucky media. Because I've got some of my own guys in mind that I would throw in there. So okay, well that's well, we'll guess keep what? that we in our back pocket. We get to do this all again tomorrow Woo! at seven a.m. We didn't even like put a dent in the Thornton's <laughs> text line, so I apologize for that. We'll get more of that as the. As the week goes on, we'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. I think Roush should be here. He's going to be out drinking, though, so he's going to probably be stumbling in a little late from time (laughs) to time. But you know what? Boys trip down to Nashville. Hope he has a great time. Thanks for texting into the show. We'll see you on Tuesday. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call.